processing. When TV and radio collide. Love it. Wow. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that dial. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back, everybody. It is JJ and Alex, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Jeremiah Jensen. Jazz Thunder tonight over at Delta Center. Should be a fun one. I hope it's a fun one. I mean, this is uh, probably the hottest team in the NBA right now, maybe besides uh, the Clippers might give them a run. Certainly the most shocking number one seed uh, in the Western Conference, this uh, Oklahoma City Thunder team, who's coming in with a possible MVP Winner in Shea Gil- Gilgis Alexander, who's having a heck of a season. We've got so many things to talk about. We've got tickets to give away in just a little while for the Jazz and the Golden State Warriors for next week. They get a double dipper against the Warriors who come to town on the 12th and on the 15th to make uh, to have that makeup game with the Jazz. Joining us on the program right now, he does your pre-half and post-game shows on this very station and on your home of the Utah Jazz and on the Jazz Radio Network. He is Tim Lacombe, the coach, joining us. What's up, coach? What's going on, y'all? We were uh, we were having a discussion last hour with Chad Lewis about Andy Reid and how it's kind of a phenomenal thing because in the, in the NFL where you have to be kind of a roll with an iron fist if you want to win multiple Super Bowls, he bucks that trend. Was Rick Majerus an iron fist type with a lovable side? Uh, because there was a there was a, what did, what did Chad Lewis refer to it as? He knew how to crack a joke, but he knew how to crack the whip. And I would, I feel like Majerus is more of the cracking the whip type. Oh yeah, and it was a very large and damaging whip. Um, <laughs> it could leave scars, you know, um, emotional scars particularly. But I, you know, I I saw him a couple of times. You know, I guess he didn't have much, but let down his hair and. I think he uh, – I'm trying to remember one of the ones was really crazy. We played – we went to the New Mexico UTEP trip. The old, that, that swing was brutal back in the old whack days. And we, we got uh, – we went to the pit and, we, and we, we got beat. We went to UTEP, and I was really surprised because rather than be really uptight, he was loose. And – it was the one time I think the team kind of needed it. They want, we, I think we won there at UTEP. Um, but he, yeah, for the most, most part, he was all business. And he stood on business, you know? Yeah, we could do three hours of Rick Majerus stories, I'm sure. I'd love to hear them all, Tim. Uh, I want to ask you, though, to, along those lines, as you were a, as a coach and you're, you're in these college locker rooms, how did you toe that line? What was the sweet spot for you? And and you, you know, and I'd be curious how that was with Dave Rose as well. I, it it can't be easy. It's not easy. Um, you know, assistant coach. It's interesting because uh, you you do a lot of the the relationship building and the recruiting process. Um, you know, head co- coaches. There's almost like a vetting that has that takes place, or else the head coach would be talking to just everybody and everything. <clears throat> so I think that the, um, you know, where I tried to fill, I just ultimately at the end of the day, I saw guys that 
actually tried to be Rick Majerus. You know, guys that went and worked with him or for him. And, you know, I thought that's not how I, I want to like be me, you know, I want to try to figure out how to be really passionate, but you know, when practice is over and I'm on the bus, you know, I'm sitting in the back of the bus making, we're trying to make everybody laugh, you know? So I I look back on it. I probably wasn't as big a jerk as I should have been. Um, (laughs) And there will be some that maybe beg to differ, but I, I think I probably erred more on the side of, you know, it was really vital. Um, and I was really serious and passionate about the game stuff, but really tried to lean into the relationship piece. Well, and I feel like you need to just so you can be like, hey, uh, he doesn't hate you, kid. Like, he's still he, – look, he, you're still a big part of this team. We still love you. I know he doesn't sound like it right now. I know he didn't sound like it when he got after you in the locker room, but uh, no, you're you're an important part of the team. You were there trying to basically repair all the stuff that he did emotional damage wise uh, after after he walks out of the room. Uh, let's let's chat a little bit about this about this Oklahoma City Thunder game tonight in particular. This Thunder team, what makes them so good, and how did they get so good so fast? Is it just SGA and his effect on the team? Is it kind of all the cumulative parts here? Because obviously, you being the best team in the West right now must be a massive shock uh it, even to them i mean my goodness you know i will say this i think um i think it's a yes to everything you said i would start with they've got a real superstar um you know many would say budding you know but this guy is i mean he's got to be in the in the conversation seriously for mvp you know for what he's doing with uh, a team that you know, quite frankly, was in a totally different space a year ago or, you know, 18 months ago. Um, So then I think you add the cumulative pieces to him uh, and particularly Chet Holmgren uh, and Jalen Williams. I just think they've drafted phenomenally well. Um, They, you know, I think the thing that can give Jazz fans hope is that this is the blueprint that, you know, the Jazz are – basically you know following i think you know a lot of picks moving some big stars accumulating a bunch of assets and i do believe to this point the jazz have done a terrific job at identifying talent and and putting it on the roster you know i read from time to time you know just every so often there's snide people on x or twitter um you know and uh, there's always something to say but I, i think at the end of the day whether it be, you know, who the Jazz have drafted, you know, the, the free agents they've been able to bring in, um, the war chest they now hold, every step along the way thus far, the Jazz have made great moves. And I think they'll continue to do that because the end goal is to try to win it all. Um, and I think that's what's cool about tonight. You look at OKC and you say, hey, they are where we want to go. Um, you know, they're building a team around a guy, a couple guys, and – um, you know, they, they're really starting to take off. So I think that that's kind of the interesting thing about tonight. While the Thunder are a little further ahead in the process, you mentioned how the Jazz and Thunder are a lot alike in their team-building approach. They're both small market teams, and they're both doing it this way. And they're both on essentially the same timeline, although, like I said, the Thunder are a little accelerated. But because of all those things, do you think this could become a rivalry in the Western Conference uh, with these teams in the future vying for – you know, the top in the West. You would think so. I mean, you know, it's crazy, though. The It seems as though sometimes the landscape shifts quickly nowadays. 
with guys, you know, not working out and then pushing the, the timeline on their personal deal, maybe getting bought out or something like that. Um, but I think all, th- all things hold true. Um, you know, I do believe the ownership over there does a great job and their front office has been phenomenal. Sam Presti, um, I think the Jazz have built, obviously, an, an owner that's in, you know, owners that are just completely committed to trying to win. Um, and then what's great is you got Zanuck, who, like I just talked about, knows the ins and outs of players, you know, as good as anybody. Um, and then obviously Danny Ainge, who's, you know, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a trophy to his credit as a player, as a, uh, as an exec. Um, and we all know his greatness. So I think, you know, sit back and enjoy this ride because I, I think it's, uh, I think it, it could be a great one. And yeah, long winded answer. I think this could be something the way they're going, the way the Jazz are kind of progressing. That's a great observation, JJ. I think that's uh, that's possible. Yeah, we're talking about the the idea of uh, <laughs> this Northwest Division. We laugh about it because we don't really talk about it. It's not really a thing in our head that makes any difference. But you got the Timberwolves and the Thunder, who are both at 35 and, and 15, 20 games uh, above 500. These are, these are the teams that the Jazz have to knock off. These are the teams the Jazz have to – have to push through and the possibility of it and being the a, NBA champions and the NBA champion uh, Denver Nuggets who are okay also. <laughs> uh, I was going to mention the Trailblazers, but uh, yeah, but the Jazz and the Trailblazers, my, they're the ones who are, are the outside looking in. So, in the end, though, what is it that goes on in the head of these guys in the days running up to a trade deadline? Because this is a massive game. This is why I I love days like today because it's a huge game. It's a massive litmus test for your team. It has all sorts of implications in it for your young team because this is a home game. You're supposed to win these home games, but they've lost three out of the last four at home, and the Thunder are are, are on a tear. And so what is it about – but at the same time, they're thinking about maybe the trade deadline or how do you, how do you kind of balance all the things going on off the court with the stuff with these guys that they're dealing with actually playing some really freaking good teams in the, uh, on the court? So this is my, I was trying to put a pencil to it. It seems crazy, but it's my fourth year um, doing pre and post and half. I always leave half out, but it's there. I mean, I got to be sitting here for it. Don't forget. Pre, half, and post. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but four years. And and I'm not, I'm telling you, without fail, every single year there's a malaise over this, this particular maybe 10 to 14 day period. Um, You know, and, at first, I, you know, it was talked about, and I'm like, you know, what does it matter? And obviously, I know what it, I know how it matters. I mean, these guys are human, right? They've got families and wives and girlfriends and, you know, people that depend on them. And, you know, I'm, I'm a guy like, uh, you know, Taylor Hendricks has moved out here. His mom's out here with him. You know, people do things, crazy things to play this game. Um, and I think when that's, anything with your jobs unsettled and you, you're not sure, you know, until that date comes and goes that you're going to be here. Uh, it's got to, it's got to totally, you know, be an indicator. And I think the, the jazz have definitely been bit by the bug. Uh, I don't blame them. You know, I, I think it's part of the deal um, you know, to, to not have certainty, but I do know within the organization uh, they've done a great job of being transparent, you know, and not trying to, hide from the fact that, you know, we're building and it's going to be pieces come and go. And, you know, so I think there, there's always been real good transparency within the walls and that certainly helps 
Uh, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting it passed uh, because what I saw in the fourth quarter the other night, man, it, it got me out of my chair again. And it, and it reminded me of the spark, you know, that we had for, uh, for a couple of weeks uh, from this team. And I know they're capable of it. Um, sometimes they get weighed down by external factors and that's probably, uh, you know, a, a typical byproduct of a, of a team that hasn't been together very long. Um, and so I think it's, uh, you know, a lot of learning, a lot of growing is part of the process. But I think that's uh, – I, I think this week's got to be hard for those guys. There's no doubt about it. I talked to Walker Kessler on Monday, and he admitted that this is impacting the team and that you, you they're human beings. You can understand that, that in a moment one decision can be made and they can be moved. And that's the reality we're facing now, less than 48 hours away. And as that deadline approaches, Tim, who do you think might not be in a Jazz jersey by this time uh, Thursday night? You know, kind of like we talk about, just out of respect. I mean, I, I I don't have a great handle, you know, on what on the market looks like. I can tell you what I've heard. I think the market is is way softer than, you know, many had hoped. And I think, you know, if you're holding a veteran out, you want a veteran to move a veteran for a number one or a first round pick. Um, in some cases, that was typically an automatic. And now, um, you know, I think people are balking at first round picks and offering second. And so I, I do believe that each deal stands on its own. And, you know, I think that each, each one of these moves in a window, we've got a window here now to operate, you know, open for business. And so you make a couple of moves, you know, my, my gut tells me that, that if, if people are seeking guys off this team, it'll be obviously probably some of the untouchable guys and they'll be told they're untouchable. And I think that's pretty obvious who those guys are. Um, you know, and then I think, you know, from a like peace perspective, Kelly Olenek, Jordan Clarkson, they could go somewhere right now, whether it be, you know, Orlando, Phoenix, New York, you name the city, and they could fly there and tie, you know, lace up their shoes, and they could go, possibly get twenty tomorrow night. You know, Kelly could have a big assist night. They they just can be plugged into a, a functional organization like a USB. They can, they can plug in. And, and they're in and they're acclimated. Um, so I think that those guys, you always look at those guys. Now, it just depends on what the market is and what the Jazz can get back because I know they're not going to want to give them away. Um, you know, Kelly's deal is a little different on an expiring deal. So I, that's why I probably have Kelly with that at the top of my list as somebody that, um, you know, could possibly. But, again, uh, total just watching uh, how it works in the tea leaves, you know. Tim Lacombe, the coach, of course, pre-half and post. He has to do all three. It's part of the gig. Uh, if you're gonna now, be... I've got like pre I've got pre-pre, <laughs> pre-pre-pre, uh, right? Pre, but it's all pre-half post. But listen, it's like uh, I mean, it's no one's going to boohoo for you. Fifteen minutes with us. Yeah, on top of it, no one's going to well, boo. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> we got you all you sorts of ready. I, I shouldn't have brought that up, Tim. I don't want to give you any ideas. We love you, you on the program. That, brother. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> it's a Tuesday. We need you. We have to have Don't you. leave us, Tim. Uh, we love you. Hey, I'm here for you. I was I was simply just trying to be funny. No, you are. Sometimes works and sometimes backs Well, and we all I've, know that. I've said it. You know, JJ's the Rick Majerus of this program. You're the relationships guy. <laughs> I'm the Rick Majerus <laughs> yeah. of this program? Yeah, crack the whip over here. 
Get mad at us? What did I do in a towel? JJ's the whip cracker, and you're the <laughs> you're the caught. You're the, no. I'm trying to think who you would be. I'm the joke cracker. Um, I'm the I'm the Andy Reid. Uh, what did yeah, I do in practice to teach guys how to play defense? Oh, what did boy. I do? Yeah, lots of inappropriate oh, stuff. Oh boy. Okay. Andy Reid's uh, that little when he drops the quip, you can tell he's funnier the way he said. I want one of those little nuggies. Now give me those nuggies. <laughs> That's just funny the way he delivered that. No, we yeah. were talking about that earlier because Andy Reid was asked today, like, hey, you know, you've had all the success. You're thinking about retiring. And it was like, you know, probably not today uh, <laughs> since the Super Bowl is in like three days, you know. And I just think. Not but, a good time. But, again, this is a guy who wears as his uniform a retirement shirt, a Hawaiian shirt. He's retired right now. This is just fun for him. So, you know, you can't, you can't hassle somebody about that. All right. Uh Tim, tonight this uh, this Jazz Thunder matchup. It's a really fun one with two young teams with a lot of uh, draft capital that uh, that hang in the balance for both. But uh, we're really looking forward to it, and we're looking for the breakdown with uh, with you guys. Uh, you and Jake do a phenomenal job, and I especially love that first few minutes with Mike Smith, uh, the the hair man. So we're just uh, we're pumped as usual to hear you on yeah, the uh, preview. You know, he he has asked that we um, that we cordon him off in a. Uh, see-through, albeit um, barrier. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he does. He he's kind of thrown a fit that he he needs his area. Well, so, somebody I can't remember what. It, oh, it was yesterday. Hanson Scotty had uh, Thurl on, and they go the best best the best dressed man on the uh, on the TV broadcast. I went, oh my gosh, you've got a lemma, and you've got a lemma and Mike Smith who would be like, wait a minute, hold up. That's a fierce competition. That's I more know. intense than on the court. I know. You know, you know, Mike would take that real seriously too. He's all, I, you know, I thought I had a pretty nice outfit on tonight. I think this is a plum, this is a plum jacket. Hey, I will say this, you know, you're speaking to the guy that showed up next to those three dudes. <laughs> They're all dressed to the nines and I'm wearing a flannel and right. a concert t-shirt. Oh so, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, tell it to the judge, buddy. Yeah, it's good. All right, Tim, we appreciate it. We'll listen to you in the next uh, 30 minutes or so. Happy to happy to hear you in just a few here. Sounds great. You guys have a great end of your show. There you go. Thanks, Tim. Here's have fun tonight. Tim Lacombe. Oh, we got tickets right now? Let's do it. Uh, Jazz Warriors next week on the 12th of February. Call in number 12 right now. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-9663. Get a pair of tickets to Jazz and the Warriors coming to town on the 12th. A little pre-Valentine's party situation. You could win those and pretend like you bought them. All right? Just a little move. That's just a little uh, something, a little tip I'll give you. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-9663. Jazz Ticket Tuesday. Oh, we got to play the actual music. Let's do it. It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and your chance to win Jazz tickets is right now. Be caller number 12 at 801-575-ZONE, and you'll win tickets to see your Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. Presented by UCCU. Love where you bang. Did I give you the phone number? 801-575-ZONE. JJ, ineligible to win. Ugh. Well, the press credential, that uh, should get you I was just calling the number right now. <laughs> that, should just, that should get you Jeremy hung up on me. Yeah, don't. He's probably like, call number six? Remember back in the day? I used to have to do that, like go through. Oh, yeah. We've all been an intern. And I think at one point, time. I think at one point we took like, I think on KSL Radio, we took like caller number like 30 for something. And yeah. it was just abuse. Do you uh, do you remember? I don't know. You, you didn't grow up here, but you remember on Sports Beat and – You'd have they'd have the call in shows. Oh yeah, of course. They'd have guests on. They'd have have them call in for questions. And so my 
as an intern, I had to answer the calls oh, my for goodness. that. And if the call got on the air, we gave them a subway a gift certificate. Oh, so yeah. I take their information. There was a drawer full of subway cards for a lot of years here. Yeah, everybody knew where those were. <laughs> Ruby River Steakhouse, remember that? Of course. Uh, I used to have to, you know, here's a little. OGO bags. What happened to OGO? Oh, I know. No, they're here. Are they? Oh, yeah. The uh, I think I still owe Dave Rose like three bags. <laughs> hey, serious. Dave, you can cash in. I'm so sorry. Give a couple to Dave if you're listening in St. George. Or I know, but at, listen, Coach, Lacombe, you know, Tim Lacombe could get him to him. Tim would help me out. Just yeah, give him to him. I don't. Man. I don't know where the bags are. I don't. Know. No, pff, I don't know if that. Yeah, the relationships are all different now. You know, because there were there hey, were there were hey, people. Ojo. You you owe Dave you owe Dave Rose and Walt Perrin several OJO bags. We were sending those out. <laughs> Walt Perrin, oh my goodness, the my old guy VP Waltz. of uh, the old VP of personnel, now right? The Knicks, my heavens. It's not a coincidence that the Knicks became great when Walt became a member of their staff, and that every every jazz rumor to the Knicks has him sitting at the front of the line, going, "Yeah, that was me, man." Sure, why not? I'm calling him. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We've got more to go around the corner. We've got our NFL Blitz featuring some uh, Super Bowl. Uh, Centric stories, of course, and then we'll get you ready for jazz basketball coming up at the top of the hour. Stay right here, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone.